0: hello everyone i'm meli ramirez the host of chingona's only club and amplify her media network production today's episode will be discussing post-traumatic stress disorder topics such as sexual assault and domestic violence if these topics are triggering for you i urge you to skip this and check out one of our other episodes also please stick to around till the end of the show. If you want to know on how you can help the podcast, we are doing a fundraiser to purchase some equipment. If it's something you think you're interested in, stick around or check the show notes for the links on how you can help support the podcast. Get ready, get comfortable, and let's dive in. Hi, this is Christina Singh, founder of Amplify Her Media and the host of the Amplify Her podcast. I am so, so excited that you're listening to this show right now, and I wanted to invite you to come listen to the Amplify Her podcast as well. Every week on my show, I interview an incredible woman about her story, who she is, and everything in between. My goal is to amplify and uplift women's voices and stories. Women's voices are powerful, and their stories deserve to be heard. So come on over and listen to an episode of the Amplify Her podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, or SoundCloud. I cannot wait for you to hear it. And remember, your voice matters and your story matters. Hello, welcome everyone to another episode of Chingona's Only Club podcast, part of the Amplify Her Media Network. I'm your host, Meli Ramirez, and I hope you're ready because today I have an exceptional guest with me. Her name is Natalie Padilla, and she's in the house today, literally in my house, in my uh, bedroom. <laughs> here, amazing studio. I love in it. my bedroom studio. <laughs> you may have heard me mention Natalie previously because she's actually the one behind the Chingona's Only Club podcast theme music. So thank you for being here today. It's been a long time coming. I think I talked to you about being on the show when I first kicked off. And you've always been a huge supporter by promoting this show or just encouraging me. So thank you for that. Before I continue to fangirl over you, I'm just going to turn it over to you so you can introduce yourself to the listeners. Okay. Thank you for having me. My name is Natalie. I'm 33 years
1: old and I was diagnosed with PTSD almost three years ago. I'm saying that because we're going to be talking about that topic. Obviously, there's a lot more to me than that. I'm almost a professional guitarist. No, I'm not. (laughs) I'm not (laughs) even. You're pretty good. You're pretty good. I like it. Uh, Yeah, I do have so many cool hobbies like that. But uh, mostly, I'm here to talk about PTSD. And I'm excited. Uh, A little nervous. This is the first time I publicly speak about it. Oh, thank you. Let's see what comes out.
0: We are all works in progress. What if we took that a step further, pausing for a moment to ask ourselves, what else is wrong? What if you were to just be with the question so that you can then choose something different for your life, not having to seek out any answer? So join me, Carmen Shields, on the Evering Amazing Possibilities podcast every other Wednesday. Get curious about your life. What amazing possibilities have you not considered in your life today? All right. Well, thank you so much. I'm, I'm super excited to dive in into this topic because I think we have a lot to talk about. But I do want to say that I met you through work. We're both in the military. By the time this episode airs, you will officially be discharged and on to the next exciting chapter of your life. And I share this let to me. say, <laughs> it's important for me to let people know because before I met you, I don't think that I was as familiar with today's topic. I think I had a vague idea because I think just like the general public has an idea about PTSD and what they think it is, but I never actually experienced it or knew it from a personal perspective of how you experience it with someone close to you struggling with it. I've known you for about two years and I've learned like so much through your experience, not just as a person, but like from a leadership standpoint. I have never, it was never something that I really had to educate myself on. And so thank you, honestly, Uh like from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for that. Because I don't think that you realize the impact that you've had, not just on me, but like on your peers. And then anyone who works with me, honestly, in the future, because this is not going to be something that's new to me anymore. And I'll feel a lot more prepared to handle it. So like genuinely, I'm super glad for that. And before I get to my first question, for people who are unfamiliar with the term PTSD, I wanted to give the official definition. And wherever you look it up, I think it gives almost the same standard definition. But this was the one that I personally felt like it was more encompassing, like a broader definition. And I think that's important for the things that we're going to talk about today. So... Uh, Post-traumatic stress disorder is uh, defined as a psychiatric disorder that may occur in people who've experienced or witnessed a traumatic event, series of events, or set of circumstances. An individual may experience this as emotionally or physically harmful or life-threatening, affecting mental, physical, social, and or spiritual well-being. Examples include natural disasters, serious accidents, terrorist acts, war, combat, rape, sexual assault. Historical trauma, intimate partner violence, and bullying. So, Natalie, can you please share some of your experiences with PTSD just for our listeners to have a little bit of background, whatever you can share or are willing to share? Yeah. So, I'm um, just
1: like you. Before, when I met you, I didn't know anything about PTSD either. I didn't know, I did hear the term PTSD because my one of my good friends' husband has PTSD. And that's all I knew about it. I just knew he had PTSD and, you know, he was a stay-at-home dad and she did all the work and stuff. And I had no idea. I I knew that it was something, something happened to you that caused some trauma. And because of that, you're always going to have it. But I didn't really look
0: into it at all. I just knew about it. Thanks for letting me know. I didn't know that. I generally thought that you, like... I knew that you didn't have an official diagnosis when I met you, Mm -hmm. but I thought that you knew that you had it.
1: So when I first met you, I was experiencing the beginning of my PTSD journey, I guess, or symptoms. Symptoms. Going back 2020, I was trapped in a fire, big fire, massive fire that destroyed a ship that carries around 3,000 people, including Navy and Marines and I was trapped inside. I went back to to get the girls out of the birthing, which is the place where sailors sleep. And it took me a few minutes to get the girls out. And by the time I myself tried to get out, I realized that I was trapped in there. It was just black smoke. I couldn't see anything. It was pretty scary. And I I might go back and forth with this story, (laughs) but when I first came here to Washington State, it was November, so it had been a few months after the accident. Yeah, I think um, that happened
0: in June, right? June.
1: Yes. Yeah. July, June, July, June, June. June, June. <laughs> no, honestly, <laughs> I don't remember the exact date yeah. because I tried not to forget it because yeah. it was just a terrible year for my family. Yeah, for myself and my family. But anyways, I was I started smelling smoke in the middle of the night in my apartment, and when I, and that was the first time that ever happened. It was it was like three in the morning. I smelled this burning, like smoke. I smelled the smoke. It almost similar to the fire on the ship, and I freaked out. I jumped out of bed. I ran because I have, I had a fireplace, Mm -hmm. and I was like, "Oh my god, what if it's coming from the fireplace?" I don't know. Check the fireplace. I checked the stoves, and I think I remember that day. Yeah, and I was like, "That's weird." Nothing was on fire, and the smell went away, and. It was really weird because it made me jump out of bed. I did ignore that first one. I was just like, "Hmm, that was just kind of that was weird." But it happened. It started happening over and over again. At that point, I was like, "Wait, so I'm smelling smoke and then it goes away. I must not be really smelling smoke." So I did call my doctor, my primary doctor, and he was like, "Hey, maybe you should see therapy." maybe i should i should give you a you know referral to see a therapist uh so you can talk about this cuz this sounds like something that he can help you with
0: and before you continue i think it's important to note that i remember you talking to us when this started yeah. and letting us know because you weren't sleeping you were coming to work and you looked really tired and you shared that you kept smelling smoke and we we're like, What do you mean? And, <laughs> and you would tell us, you're like you like I checked the fireplace and I remember asking you, like, did you check, mm-hmm. you know, what kind like what is it? And I knew that yours was an actual wood fire, wood burning mm-hmm. fireplace and initially you loved having it on. You got wood for it. And I was like, mm-hmm. Hey, maybe that's not such a good idea <laughs> and you were like, I think what do I you mean? Yeah, of like <laughs> controlling the fire. Yeah. Really-
1: helped me because yeah. i was in control of a little of like fire. turning
0: it on and off yeah and,
1: and you know yeah. being a, in a you know in a fire <laughs> yes, yeah. it's scary but i mean, being yeah. in control of an actual fireplace feels nice yeah it's warm it's, it's pretty
0: yeah i remember you said all this i remember we asked you because you were so open about it with us about talking to us about it and we would ask you like well have you talked to your doctor and i was completely shocked because you hadn't received a referral before that. Yeah. The first time I ever
1: freaked out about the word fire was I, I was in the hospital. I got hospitalized. I went to burn trauma mm-hmm. right after the fire because I inhaled a lot of toxic smoke. So I had to go to the hospital and get wait until my blood was detoxed.
0: Yeah, there was 21 people who were hospitalized yeah. from that fire. And that so was bad. the report, I think, on day one. So I think that number is actually bigger than that because yeah. that fire burned for days. For days. I was watching
1: the news from my my yeah. hospital bed. Yeah. And I was watching uh, my, my shipmates. My shipmates, and yeah. And I was so other scared for them. It felt like we were in a war zone, actually, because it was just screaming. screaming the screaming and Chaos. the orders and people... Like, that scene in Pearl Harbor when yeah. they get bombed and everybody's face is black. Yeah. <laughs> they like, yeah. from, like, dirt and smoke or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how everybody looked coming off that ship. There was there was just, my nose and mouth were black. And then I still have a picture of my uniform that they found later. There's, like, burns in it. Yeah. It was just, it was insane. But no, so after I got out of the mm-hmm. hospital, I was at my mom's house. And they told me, hey, take take some days off to To just take take three days take off. Take three days <laughs> off. I was going to say, that's
0: the Navy. Like, yeah. why don't you telework?
1: <laughs> so yeah, let's take some days off and, you know, get your mind together. And you'll be good in three days, mm-hmm. 72 hours. Yeah. My mom was babysitting a little boy at the time and he said something like, look, there's a fire. I freaked out. I jumped up and I ran to the kitchen. I said, mom, get out of the house. Get out of the house right now. And she's like, Natalie, what's wrong with you? I'm like, hurry up please get out now and she's like are you okay and I started breathing really hard my my heart was pounding I was shaking and I was like what's happening to me and then I was like calm down and she hugged me and then I, I walked outside and then we have something on the ship called a DRC deployment resiliency counselor she's actually a doctor <laughs> and I told her I'm like oh my gosh and she's really cool her name's is Liza Jones best doctor i've ever met Mm -hmm. i called her and i'm like hey what happened i told her everything that happened i was was trapped on the ship then i got hospitalized and i've been home and then somebody said fire and it was actually a show on the tv and Mm -hmm. it was a cartoon there was a fire in the cartoon and the kid just randomly said oh my god fire truck or something and i freaked out i jumped and i told her everything that happened and she's like she's like I think what you're experiencing is a little post-traumatic stress she's like take some deep breaths and then we she was amazing like mm-hmm. she walked me through some breathing exercises but then she was like wait a second breathing is associated to your trauma so let's not do breathing exercises how about this look around yeah. you and tell me something that you see that. That you feel and that
0: you hear. So she was just amazing. Basically connecting you to where you actually are. Vice where your mind is going. Sorry. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. Because usually when people are having a, a tough time. You get told to breathe in 10 times or something. But because my trauma was that I couldn't breathe. So when I was choking on the smoke. She was like, let's not do breathing exercises. Let's do something else. So... She was awesome, and that was the first time. So because of that, she recommended that I spoke to someone, Mm -hmm. and I did, but it was only, like, for two weeks, and that that was it.
0: And then you came to Washington. Yeah, having (laughs) no therapy for, I don't know, months. Yeah, I, I remember. I was upset because I thought that at the very least, they would have told us the command to say, we have somebody coming who has experienced, you know, A, B, and C. And I get that it's medical information, but our medical had no idea. Yeah. And so I couldn't even say that they spoke to medical or whatever. And And I share this to say because these are some of the issues that women and sailors in general in the military deal with. So I was really angry for you at that part because... I wish that they would have done more so that we didn't have to start at square one, essentially. Like, to me, by the time you came to us, I felt like we should have been a lot further in terms of your referral process to make things smoother. And and it was hard.
1: Yeah. And one of the things that I understand, part because I think that one thing that I learned, because there's a lot of people that, including... Two of my friends who are, uh, they were like, OS ones or whatever. They went through the exact same thing almost as me, except for they were, they got trapped after. I was in there longer than them, but they went through the exact same thing and they're fine. They yeah. have no PTSD. They don't have any nightmares. And what I learned is that people that get diagnosed with PTSD are usually people who have experienced trauma in their lives. Mm-hmm. I multiple like gonna tell multiple you traumas. So yeah. that's why I was the number one candidate for yes. It. Actually like that near death experience. Yeah. Just just mm-hmm. open the can of worms. Yes. It was like, okay, well we're gonna
0: just bring up everything that you've ever had in your life. It feels like the icing on the cake because I did read that and I didn't know that mm-hmm. if you've experienced trauma in your life you're more prone To experience PTSD, not necessarily related to the trauma you experienced previously, but it's almost like your body has had its fill. And this is where it says stop, um, essentially, like it's too much. Mm -hmm. And I read that. And it gets stuck. Yes.
1: Having PTSD means that your mind is stuck in that trauma. So when I have, uh, I call it trauma responses, I have a six to eight a day and that's a lot. Basically, my mind thinks that I am experiencing that trauma on the ship. So everything that I experience, like I can't breathe, I have that problem. Or I I almost passed out, so I feel so dizzy and I feel like I'm about to pass out. Reliving the trauma over and over again. It's just just so hard because it was hard for me to accept that diagnosis because... I thought that I was going to go in and get healed. Give me a headache pill and then it'll be gone. And that's what I told my doctor. I'm like, okay, what do we need to do to get this over with? Because I I can't live like this. And unfortunately, it was like, it's actually never going to go away. However, with therapy, it can go, it can relax. like The level can come down, but it will never. It's like turning the
0: volume down. Yes, that's all. (laughs) Yeah. Um... Yeah. You mentioned that people who've experienced previous trauma are more prone to this. You also mentioned previous trauma in your interview questionnaire. Would you like to talk about the trauma that you experienced? And just because I think it's important, I think, as a woman to. Talk about the differences between what we experience and what men experience, because that is the reason why women veterans actually show signs of PTSD very differently than men do. And we're more prone to um, having trauma responses the way you have them than they do. There's almost manifest in drugs and alcohol, because men just don't really divulge their emotions in the way that we do. And a lot of studies show that the type of trauma that women experience leading up to whatever major event caused PTSD is very different than what men do.
1: Yeah. I'll talk about one thing that still blows my mind every time I think about it. I was like in third, no, fourth grade or something like that. And apparently they were going to do an initiation where they had to kidnap and rape a girl they spotted me one day at school and they asked the boy to get my phone number I gave him my phone number because I thought we were friends and they did a whole investigation the reason I know is because of the police there was a one day where I was walking home and it was midday and some guy comes up to me he's like hey do you want some weed and I'm like no (laughs) like I'm a fifth grader (laughs)
0: like you know, and he's like, come on, come, come inside my car. Hold on. Yeah. People who are listening to this are like, what the fuck <laughs> is happening yeah. that a nine-year-old is getting sold weed and there's a gang initiation? So let me tell y'all, as <laughs> I've told you guys before, you, I, we grew up in Cali, okay? And we grew up in the hood. And I grew up in LA and Natalie grew up in Ontario. Okay, gangs, drugs, sex, alcohol is prevalent. Everywhere in those areas. And so for us to go to elementary school and see little elementary kids pushing drugs, that is not an uncommon thing when you grow up in a neighborhood. Like it's it's very common. It's not that rare. You can easily get killed as a fourth grader for wearing the wrong thing or walking on the wrong sidewalk. And and I will tell you that I lost a friend to a gang initiation just as a random innocent bystander. They, they told someone that they had to shoot into our party to accept them into the gang. And my friend was killed that way, never having been a gang member, never having been affiliated, just celebrating what was actually my going away party for, for boot camp. Oh, wow. Uh, and it was random. That stuff happens. Gang initiations are a real thing. And I don't know much about them now because we've clearly left that life behind yeah. us. <laughs> I don't know if it's worse or better, but I can tell you that when we were going through it, it was pretty fucking brutal. So Back to Narlene when she was a little uh, uh, a lemon (laughs) (laughs) and poor. I I know. Because that happens. You know me too, but it doesn't matter. You're in the hood. You gotta be tough.
1: You gotta be tough. Thankfully, there was a guy watering his lawn and when this guy, the guy was trying to get me in the car, he was very nervous because he knew that he didn't want to grab me. The guy watering his lawn paid attention to us and the guy that was trying to me. He got scared. He got in his car. He ran back in his car. He left the back door open. He peeled out and left. And I was like, what the heck just happened? As soon as I got home, the phone rang our landline.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We had two phones in the house. When I answered it, my dad picked up the other line to hear who I was talking to. And the guy was like, hey, baby girl, why are we you so dad's scared? like, baby girl. And then my dad's like, who is this? Natalie, hang up the phone right now. And my dad's so smart because...
0: It <laughs> was back he, in the day, landlines in Paris just listening. You know? <laughs> yeah,
1: he wanted to see what <laughs> the heck was going on. But my dad is so smart. He called the police with his cell phone. He didn't hang up the phone. They were able to trace the call. And it led all it back to that house. And they had pictures of me. And the police told my dad, your daughter is so lucky. So after that, my dad never let me walk home alone. Even junior high, he would, I was like, dad, it's embarrassing. Don't like, don't pick me up. Because he would walk. Because I used to like walking home with my Mm -hmm. friends. And he's like, "Fine, I'll just walk and I'll just watch you from far away." And it was so creepy. Like my dad would, <laughs> I would like be walking home I with my just friends. Walk with my dad. What are you doing? I didn't walk. Up? You know, <laughs> I was embarrassed because I wanted to be cool with my friends. You know, we we would stop at Seven Eleven, get Slurpees and I'd Hot have, Cheetos. <laughs> man, I'd have
0: been like, "Dad, you picking up this tab or what?" <laughs> <laughs> well, my dad was
1: good about giving me uh, lunch money and stuff. That's but... sweet. Yeah. And, and that was the first time that something like that ever happened to me.
0: And you bring something up because I think that when, like, when I share my story and when you share your story with people, people find it unbelievable that you have this amount of bad luck. And it's not bad luck. I don't think it's bad luck. I think that it is very true that when people are predators and people are meant to, to be predators, that is their intent. They do know who to pick. Mm. They do know who to target. Like, this wasn't a random thing that happened to you. Every single time that it happened to you, it's because you were chosen by these individuals for a reason. It was either because you were from a low-income neighborhood, because you were Latina, which is a minority, because you were a woman, obviously, and you're supposed to be easy, right? An Mm -hmm. easy target because you're sexualized because you've been victimized previously, too trusting, too lonely, too naive, or whatever the case might be. That happened to me over and over and over again. And people always ask, like, how how does that happen? Well, it's just like, you know, women who experience domestic violence, chances are they're not going to experience it just one time in their life. It's because they are easy targets. Because narcissists, or just bad people in general, I think they have like a fucking built-in radar, right? Like predators do, where they can see you. They spot you from a mile away and they're like that one. Because they're not going to go to a person who's never experienced that type of behavior. Who Someone who had a really happy childhood and any type of weird, odd, negative behavior would be a huge red flag to them. They're going to go to someone who's experienced a pretty rough upbringing who wouldn't notice a small red flag until it's too late and so for our listeners if you are if you are like natalie or myself (laughs) where you have been victimized on various occasions in a different ways don't think this is not a you issue right you have been targeted and it's not a you problem these are choices that other people made to do this to you there's really nothing that you could have done differently because you can't always control your circumstances and that is the unfortunate truth and that's why i think i feel so strongly about talking about this stuff because the people who listen sometimes don't know that they're not alone that you have to validate that hey you're not the only one this happened to
1: yeah and that sucks because when you do have trauma with sexual assault or any kind of assault, you think about it over and over again. What did I do wrong? What could mm-hmm. I have done different? And it just like haunts you, like those memories yeah.
0: over and over again. Self-esteem issues. You name it. It it just manifests into everything else. And the separate is that you think you move on from it. You think that you're like, Yeah, that happened a long time ago. And you talk about it so easily that people are like, How can you talk about that? And you're like It was like a long time. I mean, it happened. The fact of the matter is that you didn't get over it. Now it's manifested in your life as something totally different. Something that's way more on the surface has triggered all of these feelings and emotions that you've repressed for so long. And then here's where we find ourselves today. What is the most significant way that these experiences changed you? Like, Where was the impact if you were to look at yourself before any of these things happened? And who you are now as a person. Okay, I'll talk specifically on PTSD. Before I
1: had PTSD, I was a different person. I'm not proud of this, but I was like a jerk. Going back to my friend and and her husband, he didn't have a job. They had two kids together. And she works really hard to feed her husband and her two kids. She's an RN. And I was so upset with him because they were struggling, you know, financially. Yeah. And I was just really upset with him because he would not go get it, go get the hiccup and go work or whatever. I used to, I would judge him a lot. Again, I had no idea what PTSD was exactly until I experienced it myself. And I've been in the military for seven years almost. I'm just going to be shy and like days under seven years but the whole time that I've been in the military I've always been responsible and I've always been on time I've never missed anything and at this last workplace I was not like that at all because I couldn't do it and I was like is this like payback for all the times that I was talking all this shit about my friend and now it's me that can't do these things and now
0: I understand what he's going through and you understand the stigma behind it because you probably think yes. that people are thinking or saying those things about you. Yes,
1: I actually felt super bad for my coworkers because what if they think that like I'm faking it or what if they think that I'm lazy or what if they think that I'm a ho? <laughs> I just had all these.
0: I could tell that you felt that way in the way you communicated certain things. It was like, oh, I was like, I know. <laughs> like, <"We> yeah, know. <laughs> But like, it's okay. Why don't you stay home? It was like you were waiting for us to say it because you didn't want to ask for it, and we often found ourselves yeah. telling you like, "Can <laughs> you,
1: you just tell, tell us?" us? <laughs> <laughs> you just yeah. tell us. And even like at uh, my first uh, first command, I had a coworker who she was a chief, and she was going through some stuff, and I didn't know she had so many uh, medical appointments, and I was like, "Dang,
0: she's always off." Is that necessary? But I <laughs>
1: didn't. I didn't know she was probably going through the med board. I have no idea, but I I did think about it like wow she gets a lot of time off and we have to come to work every day but i didn't it wasn't more than that because she was a pretty awesome lady and but it did cross my mind and I, you don't
0: know and 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 you're not supposed to and i think that's Mm -hmm. what people don't understand is you're not supposed to know everything about people you work with like they're not they don't owe you an explanation about everything if it wasn't told to you just know that you are not on the need to know yeah for that and And, and I, and
1: i felt super bad that's why i was more like really open with you guys well partially because i trusted you guys i trust you guys but mostly because i wanted to justify my absence and my weird behavior sometimes when i would lose it or Like a couple of times, I had really bad problems responses at work. And it was really embarrassing for me because it was new. It was different. I was confused. I didn't know what was happening. But one of the things that has changed a lot in my life is that I listen more to everybody. When people say, hey, I'm going through this. Thankfully, I haven't gone through like like I've never... I don't think I felt depressed or, or anything like that. But when I hear people talk about depression... I listen and I say, it's okay. You're going to be okay. If you need to talk to anybody, I'm here. And, and not just that, but when people are just going, having a hard time in life, I listen more and I have more empathy, empathy for them. Because I can't be like those people online. Oh, this new generation is so weak. <laughs> and it's not about that. It's just
0: about people's experience in life and people's yeah. trauma. You don't know what demons people are fighting. Yeah, you have no clue. You have no idea. And and I, I always tell, I told one of our coworkers, because we always talk about kids, right? And and I always think it's funny when, when people say about sailors, exactly what you just said, which is all these sailors nowadays, they're so soft. Mm-hmm. Back in my day, we used to only be allowed to sleep one hour a day and <laughs> we used to sleep on the deck of the like the stupidest things that you're like yeah. i'm so sorry that you're so traumatized because that's really what it is Yeah, <laughs> uh, and i'm sorry that you somebody did that to you they were horrible but they don't want that validation they just want almost to have people suffer as much as they did just so they feel better about what they're going through. that is trauma at its worst right possible scenario and as parents right because I have kids I have three boys I always relate my experience with sailors as I do my experience with my kids and it doesn't mean I treat my sailors like my kids I mean that I approach it with the same mentality I had a really rough childhood my parents were really really rough on me both emotionally like physically I remember doing things at seven that no. My twelve-year-old couldn't do it. like it's just it was it was a hard life. My kids lead a soft life, and when I talk to one of our coworkers because we're from the same place, we're around the same age, we have the same amount of kids, mm-hmm. we're we always laugh and we talk, and I say, you know what? At the end of the day, we're hood parents raising <laughs> suburban kids, and we just have to accept that. And that's the same philosophy that I apply to sailors. Is like a head of rock. I was treated poorly as a junior sailor. I had shitty leadership. I was not heard. I was not acknowledged. I was not validated. That doesn't mean that now where I'm in a position to do this as a grown-up in the military, (laughs) as a chief, I get to do that to junior sailors. Just because I went through it, it doesn't mean you have to. It's supposed to be better for you. And so that's the approach I take with my kids, right? Like, Yeah, I let my kids sleep in. My parents, if they weren't sleeping, nobody was sleeping, right? Like you're awake, you're cleaning. They couldn't see you sitting down resting because there was a lot to do around the house. So go keep yourself busy. You couldn't say you were bored. You couldn't say all of these things. My kids, I let them sleep. I don't wake them up. If my kid wants to sleep till 1 p.m., I'll let him sleep till 1 p.m. Because you know what? He's 12 years old. Right. And I don't care. When he wakes up, he's going to do his chores.
1: Yeah. Whenever he wakes
0: up, <laughs> yeah. like that's still going to be there. He has chores that he's responsible for. But my point is, we have to stop that mentality, right? Because we can't keep using that as an excuse to treat people poorly. So my question to you is your friend, did you ever talk to him? The one that you say you hadn't, like, no understanding about their situation? Did you ever go back or to say, like, I understand or... So he actually never talks about it. He wasn't...
1: He was in the Middle Middle East. He was a corpsman for the Marines. He worked Mm -hmm. on the green side. He saw a lot of stuff. We just... We talked smack because I'm a Dodgers fan and he's a Giants fan because he's from the Bay Area. So that's, like, how we get (laughs) along. Oh, go Dodgers. He's like, no, go Giants.
0: Yeah. My question was more to... Because one, it takes a a lot of self-reflection and recognition mm-hmm. and you may have a lot more in, obviously you have a lot more in common with this individual than the current friendship that you have mm-hmm. and the experiences that you're going through now that might be a good, almost like an outlet or friendship that could be on a totally different level or a yeah. different type.
1: Oh, uh, well, one thing that I will thank the Navy for is that I did get a lot of help. Yeah, and I'm I networked with a lot of people who are going through the same thing as me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm, i met someone I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say her name, but she's a doctor. She's mm-hmm. a officer for the army or something. Okay. And I, I don't know why I felt like people who have PTSD or, or going through what I was going through were like E fives like me. Junior, <laughs> she's sailors. just an amazing, super smart woman. The point is. I was able to connect with her because of what we've gone through and I bonded with so many people. So I have a lot of, I don't feel too lonely because thankfully, uh, because of the Navy's help, I have met a lot of people, mostly in the army, who, who went through stuff like this and I have a great support system. Yeah. So I'm really lucky. Even the even though I have that system, it doesn't take away how I feel on a lot of days, and I I don't I wouldn't say that I'm suicidal, but I understand the people who take their lives because of PTSD. I understand why, because there are days where I not I can't handle it. It's too much. It's too much. I can't like function. I can't move my body. I can't see some days I felt like I think I'm gonna die right now because my heart is pounding so hard. I've never felt it this hard, like this strong, intense. And some people don't have a support system like I do. And they just feel like, you You know know, what, it's easier to just end it because I don't want to feel like this anymore. And to those people, I say you're not alone. There's a lot of help even if you, like, Google, like, local support group or something, there there might be something. Or especially around uh, military bases and stuff, they should have stuff like that.
0: I have to commend you on that because I'm super happy that you did choose to just be very open about your situation, whether it was with your coworkers and the Navy in general. And when the help wasn't enough, you continued to ask for more you're like, this isn't working. I need more. And this isn't working. And I need more. And this isn't available to me right now. So I'm going to go find this. And and that's how I learned a lot from you was that the Navy isn't your only source. And I think that we get tunnel vision because that's the world that we live in. Yeah. And we forget that there's a whole other world out there of resources and uh, experienced people who are there more than willing to assist us. And I think The first step, just like anything else, is to acknowledge where you stand with your problems or your issues or your situations and just be willing to ask for help. And so for that, I'm super happy that you have chosen to do that and to talk about it, obviously, because I think that you are helping a lot of people just by doing that. You mentioned your support system. I know as a Latina, our support systems are very different. They look very yeah. oh, different. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I would say, have you had to educate your support system and on what specifically? Oh, my gosh.
1: Every single time. <laughs> First of all, my parents don't believe in therapy. Yeah. Well, they didn't believe in therapy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: My parents probably think it's... They have cuckoo. Poo- yeah, when you talk about therapy, yeah. they're like, oh, it's para locos. Yeah. It's for crazy people. Yeah. <laughs> but my family... <laughs> like in Mexico and a lot of my cousins here in the United States they don't know what PTSD is yeah. and there's no I don't know what the translation for PTSD is in Spanish but I I I've googled it mm-hmm. and it just doesn't sound right and and they still didn't know when I did a google translate on PTSD my family's I don't know what that is <laughs> so I did talk to him. my cousins asked me like hey how are you doing are you okay And I told them about the diagnosis, but they still don't really 100% understand. So I I just had a Zoom call with two of my cousins from Mexico, I think two days ago. And I was explaining it to them. I'm like, well, it's it's like when something very scary happens and then your mind thinks that very scary thing is happening over and over again. That's basically what's wrong with me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I am such a fighter that I even when I have those really bad days I say okay tomorrow's gonna be a new day and I just I don't know I I have a lot of tools that I use (laughs) I use all the tools (laughs) you're supposed to heighten your senses a lot so your body can can normally go back to the normal senses that everybody's at. I sniff on some essential oils that heightens your your sense of smell. Sense of smell, and once it's heightened, your body naturally has to come back. So when your body comes back, it allows your nerves to slow down too. Mm-hmm. So that's I do ice packs, things that you can look at. I'm not advertising these ads, but I recommend them a lot. Mm-hmm. Not ads, uh, what do you call them? Apps. There you mm-hmm. go. But there's one. It's called I am. Mm-hmm. So um, we can
0: link it in the show notes.
1: Yeah, I am is such a great app for me because one thing I learned about PTSD or people just have these issues. Is you have to create new narrow tra- uh, pathways in your brain. So when you're used to saying like I can't do this, I can't do this, you're good It's so easy for you to continue doing that. But if you start saying positive things that you believe, but not things that are impossible but Mm -hmm. just things like for example i'll show you right here it says i am grateful to be alive right now this is what i look at every day and it's different every day Mm -hmm. us we look at our phones a lot yeah so every single day or even throughout the day i get four messages That's nice. and it's amazing i I think that's amazing in general yeah and, and it's just like that one is great and my past doesn't define me or there's other ones like I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. Or it's just like really yeah. cool ones that I've yeah. never heard of. I'm like, oh, and I read it out loud and I believe it for myself.
0: Well, yeah, because it's a, it's almost like a reminder. You're still fighting. Like this didn't break you. Mm-hmm. It may have injured you, but you're still fighting. And I think that's a great way to remind yourself every day. And also, I'll show you this one. It's
1: called PTSD Coach. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. This is from the VA. Mm-hmm. But anybody can download it. Okay. So you don't have to be military. You don't have to be a veteran. But it's cool because you can manage your system. The symptoms. You got tools. You can change your perspective. Connect with others. Deep breathing. Grounding. Inspiring quotes. Leisure activities. Mindfulness. Muscle relaxation. I've used all of these. That's awesome. I really recommend it for people to download it. Even like if you have anxiety or depression.
0: And you could track your progress here. I was going to say, share both of them with me. And what I'll do is I'll put them on the show notes because I think that's the thing. Like I mentioned, resources are incredibly important. But there's a million resources out there. It's almost like an overwhelming amount of information. And I yeah. think having someone like you say, hey, you know what? This is actually working. <laughs> this actually helps. is yeah. super important. So yeah, thank you for say, sharing that. Thank you. I will say it's not
1: a, like a like, uh, uh, magic pill no, that of you course they so. and you're gonna be healed yeah no but it, it has worked for me it has worked for me
0: i'm glad so you mentioned that your family in mexico doesn't really understand ptsd you know what they do understand it <laughs> they do they have to because i have family in, in mexico and they always talk about ptsd but they don't know that they're talking about PTSD. They recognize it as other stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think it's almost putting it in in their language. Because for them, you got to remember Mexico, as much as I hate to say it, it is a third world country. Mm-hmm. Right? Meaning that there's people who live in extreme poverty and there's people who, just like here, live in extreme wealth. But for the people who live in extreme poverty, like, they don't have the luxury, right, that of self-reflection when they like i've heard my family talk about ptsd but they don't say that it's like oh like he got so scared when he was a baby and now he stutters yeah well guess what that's a trauma mm-hmm. response like that happened to them and every time they get flustered they start stuttering that is a trauma response to an event that happened in their life that was so incredibly impactful that they can't get over it. And they can't get over it because they probably never sought help for it. Yeah. And I think that when you relate it to something like that, they'll understand it. Because if you say, it was just something scary that happened, they're like, What in the world could be yeah. so scary? And you're like, it's it's not about that. My grandma, when she was pregnant, she found a dead body. Someone had shot this man in the head and she found the body. Mm-hmm. Now that's Pretty intense. That's pretty traumatic. Pretty traumatic to see someone in that state, and then you're pregnant. She went into severe panic, anxiety, and she ended up giving birth to my uncle a whole month and a half early than what he was supposed to be. My uncle has learning disabilities. He essentially has the mind of a 10-year-old kid, Mm. and he's in his 40s. Wonderful human being, like the kindest soul you'll ever meet, but people are like, "Wow, it's porque se right? (laughs) That may not be true. I can tell you that my grandma definitely has some severe trauma from what she experienced, and my uncle's learning disabilities may or may not be related to that particular event, as you know, trauma is something that is at a cellular level. The trauma that you carry comes also from your mom her mom her mom's mom it is passed down from generation to generation and so trauma is an extremely strong emotion and i think that when you explain it to your mexican family explain it to them in those terms because if you use this trastorno post-traumatico. Oh, you saw that? Yeah. I was like, and people say that all the time, right? And like, trastornada. And my mom used to say that to me when I used to space out. Really? That's what she used to say, like, trastornada okay? Or like, it, because you're stuck in this state. And so they understand. They understand the term. They don't understand the event. The next time you talk to them, I would more talk to them about trauma as how powerful it is. you know how it can cause someone to stop speaking to lose their sight. When right? you're talking about
1: stuttering, yeah. that's actually a sign that I'm about to have a trauma response. And I don't know but other but my support system Yeah I'm like uh uh and then I'm like okay sit down and I was like what? I'm just trying to say, and <laughs> and then that's a, that's actually a sign that I'm gonna have a trauma yeah. sp- I don't know why I stutter. But I will stutter. Like, I cannot complete a word. And (laughs) it's a good thing I have a great support system who actually was there. I had a group therapy with my therapist and my support system. And they asked, what can I do for Natalie when she's having trouble response? What can I do as someone that's there helping? Like, good question. So my support system has been trained, or not trained, Mm -hmm. but like... She learned mm-hmm. how to, and you shared help. that with us. Yeah, and that's at work. That's so amazing. Yeah, you
0: shared that with us at work, and I remember like your coworkers were like, "I did it. I went. I was. Do you want me to get you your ice pack? Do you want me?" And I loved that they were so willing to just be like, "What do you need us to do for you?" Because not everybody's like that, and I think that we are super blessed to work with the people that we work with in our little space. I couldn't, be more, <laughs> I I couldn't I... be more lucky. I know. I couldn't be more
1: lucky. I want to say one thing about, I'll say, I'll say their first name. So Justin one time. First time I ever saw, like, smoke and freaked out. I was at a coffee shop. I freaked out. I called Justin. I'm like, can you come right now? I, I'm freaking out. Him and his wife showed up in five minutes. When they got there, my trauma response lasted, like, 20 minutes. I was shaking. I was crying. I was a mess. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he and his wife showed up so fast, to me, that was just like, dang, these people are acting like family, like better, or, you know. Mm-hmm. And just like my other coworkers, workers well, Sam, she's just, I understand. All the time, she's like, it's okay, I understand. And she even sends me, like, uh, TikToks or whatever, hey, look at this. And I'm like, yep, that's exactly how I feel. <laughs> PTSD-related stuff, like, hey, look at this person did this to help themselves and I really appreciate that because yeah. I know that this group of coworkers really cares about each other and not just like me other work coworkers when they've gone through a rough patch we've been there for each other and it's been really amazing to see cuz I'm not going to say what happened to them but when they were going through something I feel like we all rallied yeah, yeah, we just had each other's backs and that's so awesome. I couldn't
0: have had the best like last command. <laughs> and I think that's the importance behind building your support system and building it with people that you trust because whether you're experiencing trauma to the level of PTSD or other types of trauma or other types of mental health that you're struggling with, I think that your support system has everything to do with the way that you deal with that and the way you overcome it. Or the way that you cope with it. Or the way that you turn the volume down. And if your support system is not supportive, find one that is. Because I think people sometimes feel stuck. And that's just in life in general. They feel like they're stuck with the people that they've been dealt. And they forget that there's a whole world out there
1: Mm -hmm.
0: of people who are Mm -hmm. more than willing to give you that love, attention, and support that you need and so I always tell people that's you know, very important fine. and and I'm so glad that you talked about that because yeah. I love us and our little <laughs> <laughs> now, people <laughs> and, you, know, you know even
1: going back one of my biggest fears going back home to California is that there was a time before I joined the military that I just had I just hung out with people that I knew that all had the same beliefs or whatever mm-hmm. and I didn't know anything else yeah like I never met a Buddhist. I never met a
0: Muslim. I never met like
1: just just different cultures and different, most people
0: uh, like they never like but, that don't leave that.
1: Yeah, and like yeah. but the crazy thing is that I've gotten calls from family members like Oh, you are you should get right with God. Somebody <laughs> told me somebody <laughs> told me that because uh, I was have I was having these trauma responses and they're like. Maybe you should get right with God and then you'll be better. And I was like, that's so rude. I have a relationship with God. Uh. And I know that that was a very uneducated thing to say. Yes. But so coming back, I just need to choose my tribe, like you said. And it's hard when you grow up in a certain culture, certain religion, and then you go out and like meet other thing then you come back you know like I was so inside this world where that world was perfect and I never can leave that bubble because that's what I that's what my family has always taught me and this is the right way but then when I left my bubble I was like oh my god that's not that's not just it
0: there's a lot there's a lot of ways to do things (laughs) and No one really can tell you which way is right. And it's unfortunate that people are ignorant enough to say that something like this and something so severe and to spew such ignorant like things. Just because their their inability to understand almost like manifests into this like very hateful thing to say or very thoughtless thing to say. Um, so I'm sorry for that. That's okay. <laughs> um, unfortunately, we can't fix that. We can try by continuing to talk about it, obviously, with people who are listening and just remind them that, hey, you're not there to fix everybody. But the least you can do is honestly just talk about your experiences. And who knows, maybe that person will come around and here's to hoping. <laughs> and I think that's really good advice in general for life. I like, I like that. I like, I like that. Pick your tribe. Pick your tribe like. <laughs> so, Natalie, since you are leaving the military. Where do you see yourself 6 to 12 months from now? What are your goals?
1: What are you hoping to achieve? Okay, so I am already enrolled in National University. So I'll be a full-time student for, I think I have like less than a year left to get uh, my bachelor's degree. I want to continue into getting like a master's in psychology, counseling psychology. I I do see myself doing some sort of counseling Mm -hmm. because ever since I've had this PTSD I've become very passionate about helping others it's actually therapy for me to be able to talk to someone who is going through a tough time I did start this thing called uh, Project Titan Mm -hmm. or yeah and I was able to connect with people who have PTSD and specifically one guy called me one time and he was just he was he wanted to end it you know mm-hmm. and he said please i need to talk to you give him some time and we we talked through it and then he was like thank you so much if it wasn't for this call i don't know what would have happened." Mm-hmm. and to me it was so important because some people don't have a support system mm-hmm. like i'm lucky i have one but there's some people that don't have yep. have them and he was a marine and and i was just so happy so i want to do something along those lines of Counseling, and if I don't end up doing counseling, definitely have a group where where we can share experiences or just do something uh like play a beach volleyball or go surfing or something cause mm-hmm. that's what
0: people do in San Diego <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, just to be an ally of this community and people who are experiencing essentially what you're going through in one way, shape or form, like that's your passion. yes, I love it. I'm glad, and honestly. I think that your ability to turn something so traumatic, essentially, into something so positive is a really great
1: message. PTSD made me want to prove something. Like, for example, I go to the gym a lot now because I'm like, oh, they're saying that I can't. No, I can't. I can't do this. (laughs) I'm going to go work out. I'm going to go do this. And it actually is really good for your mental
0: health to work.
1: Yes, it is. So I do it. And now it's like a a part of my life where every day at 4 p.m., I'm going to get ready for the gym. It's it's not even like I have to. Yeah, it's a habit. And then also I try harder than ever because I struggle with concentrating and stuff like that. So... I force myself to concentrate. on turning off my phone. I'm gonna listen to like classical music for five minutes, and then I'm gonna focus on this because I can focus and I will focus. So it's I challenge it Mm -hmm. a lot, and it's actually they're actually good, good things, good habits to that I'm forming, and I'm happy that I'm happy that I didn't turn to self-destructive habits,
0: which is. Common. Common. Yeah. Yeah. You're still standing and you're fighting every day. And I commend you for that. Thank you. And honestly, seriously, just from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for sharing with us. This turned out to be like a great conversation. And (laughs) I'm so glad that you came on. I would love to do a follow up with you in 6 to 12 months. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And see how life is treating you out there. I'm jealous. I'm really excited about it. Oh, I have five more years to go. And honestly, I'm counting down and I shouldn't because it's going to feel like a lot longer. But (laughs) I am excited, honestly, to see what you do in the future. And I know that it's going to be really hard because you're changing your scenery. You're going back to your family. And a lot of those are triggers back home, I think. And family's difficult. (laughs) Family's tough. Everything is different. And so I'm excited for you to explore what you're passionate about now. I'm excited for you to continue on your journey to healing and working through everything. But more than anything, I'm just excited to see what becomes of you because I think that you really are going to take this and, and help a lot of people. Thank you. Yep. I'm coming
1: home. Yeah. <laughs> I'm coming home and I'm coming home stronger. It's a different Natalie that's coming home than the one that left. It's definitely, I think a better Natalie is coming home. Tighten that is coming back. <laughs> Tighten, <laughs> Tighten yes. yes.
0: We're we're just going to, that's what we're going to call the episode. I'm, I'm next. <laughs> well, again, we're going to link all the resources that Natalie talked about in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And thanks again to Natalie for Natalie. coming on the show. Natalie, thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Until next time. Okay. Adios. <laughs> Okay, so I promised you I would let you in on what we're trying to do with the Chingonas Only Club podcast. And one of the things that I'm trying to do this year is grow the podcast by adding video episodes and to have more guests on as well. Um, however, having guests is a little bit difficult when you don't have the right equipment. If you would like to support in any way, shape, or form, and you could make a small contribution of any size towards the right audio equipment to have guests on the show and recording equipment for video production. Again, if you'd like to help, we have linked the contribution button. You can do monthly donations or a one-time donation. And we're also going to be linking the Amazon wish list for those who would like to do something for the show. So thank you so much. I love you guys. Adios. Hey, I am your host, Veronica Castellanos. And every Monday, I hope you can tune in because I'll be dropping new episodes with the Momster podcast. Motherhood can be one of the trickiest things to maneuver through emotionally, physically, spiritually, and On my episodes, I'm going to talk about all the things, the good, the bad, the ugly, and joyful moments as well. So tune in every Monday, the Momster Podcast, which is part of the Amplify Her Media Network.